Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with medical dramas and people who ride llamas. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get Big Facts in. Let's get No Capping. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No cap. Recording on a Sunday night. We're back at it, my friend. Right back at it, though. I'm opening up my notes app to look at my media roundup, and uh, all that comes up is the stuff that I didn't get during my grocery trip. Very sad. Oh, let me start with my media roundup, then, if if you gotta find yours. I'm gonna start with one of the most negative and probably upsetting media roundups that I think our audience has ever had to listen to. Uh, I'm really going to be killing a sacred cow here, or creating a lot of enemies. Did you read Dianetics? And it was great. It was a wonderful Mm. book. Nobody talks about that. No, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once. And boy, I mean, not everything is made for everybody, but like probably the biggest disconnect between people Mm. I know and respect and I think have good opinions liking it and me just not being able to connect with it as a film. At well, all. there weren't enough white men characters for me, so, like, I couldn't relate to these characters at all. No, that was not my issue with the film, Adrian, and I think you know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I actually thought the first half, the movie needed to be cut down by a good bit. The first half was really charming, it was really funny, and it was, like, actually just, like, an incredible film. And then the second half was, like, five intense speeches about the meaning of family and love and being a good person stitched together in between and then they would cut the tension of those dramatic speeches with repeats of the joke from the first half so they would just redo the jokes that they already did in the first half and they would use that to cut the tension from so like honestly like just non-stop speeches that were like straight up the like director talking to you about how important it is to be good to other people it was if anything obnoxious, I, I I was getting like exhausted of the movie by the end. Also, you can only do the let's cut the tension with a cutaway to a really silly scene gag four to five times tops in a movie. Definitely not twenty to thirty times. Hmm. Those are hot takes. Yeah. No. I I really I I I feel like I'm upsetting a lot of people by saying this. A lot of people who I think have good takes otherwise. I'm open to the idea that I'm just wrong, but I don't know. I, I, mm. I physically just did not enjoy the aspect of watching the last hour of that movie. I was ready to leave. I mean, I don't know if you can be wrong about that. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm just trying to, like, insinuate that my t- my opinion is based on, it, it, you know, it's my opinion. I, people I respect, like YMS. Mm of youtube really liked the movie so i know that it's not like an objective opinion it's definitely just something inside of me for that did not resonate all right i'm gonna do my media roundup um is it as mean-spirited as mine no it's a little bit different i I watched everything everywhere all at once and i was blown away i absolutely loved it (laughs) really it was a great time in the theater uh it was a fun time we had a lot to talk about afterwards uh yeah i was i thought it was great that is so funny i didn't know you watched it for real for real you didn't get at all exhausted by the second half, all those jokes, all the... Well, that was a little bit. No, no, the jokes didn't matter to Not me Not the all. jokes, I thought, all I the speeches. I thought it was funny all the way through. 
I don't know if I would categorize it as like, I think there were two speeches, really. There was like at There's, least three. There was okay. the dad's speech about being kind. There was yeah, the mom's speech. That was like speech. 30 second max. <laughs> I don't mom's know. speech at the end was a real wrap up speech. Um, and then the daughter's kind of got like a narrative meandering rambling. It's not really a speech. The everything bagel did nothing for me. Did not care for that at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have strong opinions about that. I thought it was an okay joke. It was a very, uh... You just don't want to Douglas disagree with whoever you watched the film with. It was a horrible film. No, I loved it. Um, <laughs> Pierce and I... Because, okay, so we've been having this thing where I, I will, uh, in an obnoxious way, bring up things that I know kind of annoy people. And so when Pierce told me that in the new Vince Staples album, When Sparks Fly might be his best song ever, I was like, all right. I mean, people on Reddit are saying that too, so I'm really ready for it. I listened to the album and I was like... What a disappointment. That was not even, like, one of the best songs on the album. <laughs> um, and so I've been making fun of him for that. Because he was like, yeah, I was drunk when I texted that. And I did wake up the next morning thinking that might be too extreme of a reaction. <laughs> but, like, we walked out of the theaters and we were both, like, scared to say it. We were both like, I mean, maybe we should sleep on it for a night. But, yeah, I was blown away by that. I absolutely loved it. Mm. So it wasn't just a two-hour long uh, recap. It wasn't just a two-hour long recreation of a Rick and Morty episode. But with the sensibilities of Parks and Rec. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no, not to me. God, Adrian, then again, I have a heart. <laughs> he yeah. loved it. He thought it was such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, 9 out of 10. Easy. Um, I loved Raccoonie, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we saw it like at a pretty full theater in uh, in Davis, a little art house theater, and it was super fun like to watch it with an audience, and uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm, I'm going to stand strong on my opinion. I think history will not look back fondly on this film. Oh, I think it's. I think we're seeing a classic in the making. Yeah. <laughs> You think this is like our generation's airplane? Probably. I mean, when we were in the bathroom, I did make sure to tell Pierce that uh, it's not as good as Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but pretty close up there. And that is my favorite movie of all time. It's not even close to as good. It's pretty close. I mean, it, I, I see why you compare them. It is like the same type of like kitschy. Well, it's mostly because I told Pierce like, and it's one of those things where I don't tell people until we're close that that's my actually my favorite movie because if it you tell that to people you, you don't corny. know. Yeah. Um, so that's why I brought that up. I was like, yeah, not as good as Scott Pilgrim, but pretty good. <laughs> they are very comparable movies. That is, uh, yeah. interesting. Okay. You have a, you have a certain type of maximalist. Self-aware. Um, yeah. And jumpy, fast-paced Jump cut. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A certain type of editing and humor style, nerd humor style that you like. Like a self-referential yeah. sort of. I know uh, you're really into that jock humor style, but yeah, I guess I would call my <laughs> humor style a little bit nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> hey they they said it would never happen until they saw pigs fly i said i'm tossing the pig skin every day you know what i mean that's that jock humor come on all right this this podcast finally stands divided on an issue where we often oh yeah amelia's gonna love this so now we're gonna be able to uh what was the thing she said to me once you have to model what disagreement looks like for your audience or something and i was like what does that what <laughs> So. Is that I think what we're a lot doing of our right audience now? does look to us for tips on how to handle on how to handle <laughs> conflict. Oh my god. Yeah, well here you go, people. Paul and I disagree heavily on something, apparently. Mm. Um I still respect you as a man though, Paul. I it's same. I don't respect you as a film critic, but I respect you as a man. I mean, did you ever did you ever really <laughs> No, to be honest with you, I never thought of yeah. you. It, it all started in high school when you told me that you saw uh that you saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was a bad, boring movie that I was like, oh yeah, Adrian doesn't yeah. get movies. Well, we both love Tokyo Drift, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> we do share, we do share a fondness for the same early 2000s mm. films. And we both like 
Yorgos Lanthimos. Ooh, we do both. That that's you coming at it from like a horror perspective and me coming at it from a foreign film perspective. It's a real like uh intersection of things we like. Um, but if you didn't have anything else for your media roundup, I did have two other things though. Yeah, go for it, King. I don't know if it'll make its pod this time, but I did an escape room. It was very fun. We finished with thirty five seconds left, and I was like the perfect level of drunk for it. And it was a horror themed one, so it was really fun, and I enjoyed it. Adrian's recording that. from inside the escape room. He didn't escape. You can't just reuse the jokes just because we (laughs) we didn't keep in (laughs) the ones from last time. (laughs) Um, You know what? It's another one of those uh, when sparks fly things. I was expecting a lot because of the price tag that I was given on Venmo. Uh, And I would say it lived up to it. So I was pretty happy with it. It was was really fun. Um, I definitely did not do the lion's share of the solving because I was pretty drunk. I had mostly just held lights for people. uh, And then Nicole and I um, were stuck in a closet spending like 12 minutes trying to figure out a puzzle that was super easy if you understood the mechanics of the thing which we did not take the time to do Mm, 12 minutes in heaven am i right pierce watch out watch your back oh boy yeah me me and nicole might start doing math puzzles together in a closet (laughs) (laughs) um and then before the event we uh nicole bought the season 16 set of the hot one sauces so we did the hot ones challenge at a friend's place oh that's so Um, cool i've never thought of that as an activity i didn't know you could buy the whole set that's like one yeah thing. it's fun yeah um so they've already done it once and then the other people at the house hadn't done it before um i was good after about 15 minutes but i was i was dying for about five of those and then i was kind of back to normal but pierce was out for like an hour <laughs> pierce pierce was on the couch <laughs> um but it was fun i think the number seven sauce which i don't think is in the lineup anymore was actually like one of the best hot sauces i've just ever had did you guys really do good. like instagram deep dives for each other you know, everyone made that joke, but um, the only thing that I asked Nicole was why her Instagram was set to private. <laughs> um, the other thing was, in trying to do that whole, like, Nardwar-type interview, I looked up Nicole's name and tried to find stuff from, like, if she'd ever done something in undergrad with a quote from her, and I was able to find something from, like, a program that she did for research where she was like, I had a great summer this summer, and I was like, Nicole, in 2016, you said it on the Providence Rhode Island page <laughs> that you had a great summer. <laughs> was that true? Is there anything else notable about doing the Hot Ones thing? I'm gonna I'm gonna order them right now. That sounds really fun. Yeah, Izzy, do you want to do the hot? Oh, she's she has her headphones on while she's reading How to Bomb a Pipeline. Can you hear me? Ooh, that sounds radical. So it's a skateboarding book. <laughs> you got it, champ. Um. All right. Anything else happened to you this week? Nope. Cool. Medical drama. Medical dramas. Have you ever had a hospital stay, Adrian? Yeah, of course. Oh, really? I haven't had a really notable one in my living memory. I know my parents told me I had one when I was really young for something. Can't really even Mm. remember what it was. Oh, yeah, you broke your collarbone. I don't think you've ever told that story on pod. You want to tell the audience what happened? Sure, that one was in and out, though. I didn't stay at the hospital for that. Oh, really? A broken collarbone seems serious. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll I'll say this in the middle of the story, but I'm going to kind of like pinpoint you to it. There's, There's a comment that I did not enjoy to this day. Um, I was out riding bikes with my friend Esteban, which we were, which we did pretty often when I was an undergrad. Um, there's a green light on this big intersection in Columbia. Uh, it kind of goes downhill and uphill, so I really used the downhill to get the speed to go back uphill through the light. And then a guy in a big van, uh, an old guy, decided to turn left right through me, not realizing that there was a, I guess, not seeing that I was there. Uh, so I tried to turn around away from him, and he hit my back tire and slammed me to the ground. He then put his window down and said, hey, buddy, sorry, I didn't see you. And then he drove away. And then I guess what maybe the closest thing I've experienced to like getting those like adrenaline boosts in life, uh, I was able to pick up my bike with uh, one of my hands and then just like get over to the side of the road. 
So then I got into an ambulance. Uh, they took me to a hospital. And then when I was getting transferred from like a wheelchair into a hospital bed or something just to like be looked at, I guess it was more like a, you know, like, you know, the checkup table. Um, I was, I walked over there and one of the nurses was like, wait, why is he like in the ER? He's walking. He's probably fine. <laughs> um, and so I was overhearing that when I was, uh, when I got to the chair and then. And then they were like, look, look at his skin color. He doesn't need painkillers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't prescribe him any painkillers. <laughs> Look at him. He's going to steal them if you give it to him. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So they asked me if they wanted to, if they were okay to cut my shirt to, like, get my, like, shirt off so that they could, uh, like, examine my body. And I was like, no, I really like this shirt. If you can just work around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, uh, it was, I, can't, I don't wear it anymore because it's too small, but it's my I Declare War shirt, and I really like it. Um, and uh, then, yeah, they saw me, and they were like, yeah, your clavicle is clearly broken, and you have, like, a pretty big, like, bruise and like you know scratching like like thing on your shoulder from where you landed and then there's something wrong with your ankle but you'll be perfectly fine here's some painkillers adrian i I always say that same night i always say a b c d always be concentrated on drip Mm. so the other time that i actually stayed in the hospital was when i was first diagnosed with diabetes because if you're untreated as a diabetic which people are usually until they're diagnosed yeah, you're usually in keto, ketogenic acidosis, and so you got to be in the hospital for that while they get you fixed up. Um, so that was a thing where I was in the hospital for, like, I think at least a week. Like, my my sister had to, like, go pick up my homework assignments and bring them to me, and, like, you know, people would... It was enough time that people came to, like, visit me, so... Uh, Dorley, I'm so sick. I'm your brother. Treat me nice. Well, that you? treated me nice. She did. Dorley, for as much as we make fun of her, is a very kind and good person. She's a very good sister. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Dorley. Great person. And then, yeah, I don't really remember too much from that hospital stay, to be honest. I just remember uh, people visiting me. I remember I watched the movie Up while I was there, but I didn't pay a lot of attention. A lot of information thrown at me. Is that where you got your whole look from? Was you were like, I want to be like that kid, but darker? The Boy Scout? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's how I was, uh, that's where I got my drip from. That was my dripspiration. And then, yeah, I guess just because of the consequence of that diagnosis, I go to the hospital pretty regularly. I got to go do labs tomorrow, and then I'll have an appointment on Thursday, and I do that every three months. I I think my best, it's not a hospital story, but it is a medical drama, was a, I one time had oral surgery done. Uh, I had a tooth growing in at the wrong, in the wrong place, and they had to, like, mm. release it from the gums. So they did the surgery, they stitch it up. And so, yeah, they do the surgery, they stitch it up, um, whatever they did, I guess, was supposed to, like, release it, or it would slowly start coming out on its own from there on out. Mm. Um, and then a week later, I wake up in the middle of the night in my sleep, I'm like, why is there, what is it, it tastes like metal in my mouth, and there's, like, a water gun going off in my mouth, I was, like, dreaming that a water gun was squirting into my mouth. Mm. And I wake up and the stitches have popped out and blood is pouring like, like I can feel it hitting my tongue like a trail. Oh. Um, and so I walk into the bathroom to figure out what's going on and there's just blood pouring out of my mouth. Uh, That's metal, bro. Uh, and so my dad, apparently the dentist, they had like an all night number. So I didn't have to go to the ER, but I did, like, in the middle of the night, go to the dentist, and he didn't have any nurses, so my dad had to, like, act as a nurse and, like, clean up, like, blood and help him. <laughs> like, Wait, really? Did you get paid for that? No. <laughs> That's absurd. The dentist was just like, you gotta, you gotta do this, like, help him out, we don't have any nurses on call, so. 
What a scheme. Was it one of those things where, like, you were always afraid of the dentist, so, like, in order to get you there, your dad had to lie about where you were going? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I know you're bleeding out of your mouth, but we're going for ice cream. And I'm, yeah, you're going ice cream. You're not going to the DI. <laughs> Wait, did I say DI? <laughs> and I'm, like, 15, and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Phil today, because he was asking me about if I was, like, ever afraid of going to the dentist, and, um... Never was. I never had a cavity, never had anything besides my wisdom teeth taken out. I do have a little bit of a thing that I I don't I didn't realize it at the time, but whenever I tell people this story, I usually get like a pretty cringed reaction, but 100% during my uh wisdom teeth surgery, I woke up and was like conscious for like parts of it because I wasn't given enough anesthetic or whatever. So I very vividly remember like the drilling like sensation of it in my mouth during that surgery and like how much it hurt. I was never afraid of the dentist, but I do remember at like some age like in 4th or 5th grade I saw a news story about a dentist chain across the country called like Happy Smiles, something like that, where they were Is this like, where my mom's validation of being a exactly. dentist or crooks. <laughs> I, I saw a news story about how this place was lying about kids having cavities and then tr- like strapping them to a chair, not giving them enough like uh, painkillers and drilling yeah. into their teeth. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And then I kind of always had a mistrust of dentists after seeing that news story. Did you watch Codename Kids Next Door at all growing up? Yeah, I did. That sounds like straight out of an episode of Codename Kids Next Door, where it's like, don't trust adults, they're doing this whole scheme where they're just trying to put you in a chair and drill you. Yeah, we'll do a whole episode on the uh, on the episode where he opens a fancy cheese restaurant in their treehouse. That episode really resonated with me as a kid. Mm. Um, I think the pink eye one was the one that really got me, because they were doing like a film noir thing. <laughs> and then... the You know I'm a big film buff. <laughs> I know the opposite, to be true. Um, Did you ever consider being a doctor? Not really. I feel like you're mis- more like openly misanthropic than I am, but I would actively be like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't really want to help people. <laughs> That's what I would tell people. <laughs> what, a, what a mean thing to say. I don't think I'm misanthropic. Oh, okay. Well, I am, because that's what I would say to people <laughs> whenever they ask me about being a- They're like, oh, a biology degree, so you must be trying to be a doctor. I'd be like, nah, I don't really want to help people. <laughs> oh, yeah. My poor mom really wanted you to be a doctor. She's like, that Adrian kid, he's so smart and such a nice boy. Why doesn't he try to be a doctor? But, you know, with her heavy <laughs> Arab accent. Um, yeah. I'd be like, I think he wants to be like a, a big old smarty pants. And look how that turned out for me. God, I should have listened to your mom. Hey, we all we all look back and think we should have listened to my mom. There was a hot second where I wanted to be a doctor, though. Um, it was when I was in middle school and I was really into scrubs, and I knew I was interested in general biology. So I thought about being a doctor for a while, and I talked to my uh, neighbor about it because I grew up with my neighbor being an ER doctor, and I even like shadowed her during like job shadow days. Um, which, if you want another great story about just like single liners that I got at the uh, hospital, uh, we went to high school with her, uh, Ali Schwab, and uh, her. F- oh, hold on. And uh, her dad was a doctor and she famously had like a really big family. And so when I was walking around the hospital with my neighbor, one of the medical staff looks at me and is like, hi, one of the Schwab kids. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they see one vaguely brown person. (laughs) They're like, yeah, it must be one of the Schwab kids. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I thought that was so funny. (laughs) But yeah, I shadowed her a couple of times. I remember realizing that a lot of her job was a lot more like just putting in files into a paperwork than I thought it would be. There's only, like, a couple of times where, like, we were on call and we were, like, running with her to whatever room to, like, help intubate a patient or something. Um, so there was, like, a hot second where I thought about becoming a doctor, but I didn't really, uh, I was never super into it. Do you like your doctor? I don't really have a doctor. Every time I need to do a general, I, I just kind of pick a different one and go to sign up as a new patient and do my general checkup with them. Mm. I should really start having a 
regular doctor. Um, my doctor's okay. My it's it's really uh I was talking about this actually the other day, but the idea of like if you're gonna get a therapist or you're gonna have a doctor, what who do you want them to be as a person? Like people have really strong opinions about that. I know especially women do. Um, but yeah, by far like the best doctor that I've had as a diabetic person was my pediatric endocrinologist, uh, Doctor Jackson, who was a really really nice black woman. Um, and then because I was she was a pediatric endocrinologist, once I turned eighteen the next year, I couldn't go to her anymore. Uh, so that's when I had to start going to like general practitioners and I've had all male doctors since then and they're all right, but they're not as cool as Dr. Jackson. She was really nice. You know, the comedian Kamau Bell. Yeah, of course. I've brought him up in pod like four or five times. Black guy Afro, right? I'm thinking of the right comedian. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're thinking of the guy from the roots. He does a bit in his stand up about his daughter watching a show that's like a progressive show about black doctors. <laughs> and about how it's gone too far because when he took her to or not gone too far that's the wrong wording but how it was comedic. that sounds very fox news <laughs> how it's comedic because when he took her to the doctor and it was a white man his daughter was pissed and mm, that's a that's pretty funny. adorable bit i do like that yeah we can cut this off pod and we should cut this off pod but honestly my worst experiences have been with my two asian male doctors more than with white male doctors that makes sense because they're uh I was, I was honestly trying to think of a racist joke, but I'm so progressive that nothing came to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you made the attempt just to be a good sport. Just to be a good sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, any kooky medical stories of people in your family? Did, uh, did any of your siblings end up in the hospital because they had like a gerbil in their butt or something? Honestly, the crazy thing is all of us. <laughs> At one point, all of us did. <laughs> Even crazier, same gerbil. <laughs> it's such a traumatized <laughs> gerbil. All right, do you want to get into articles? Um, I have a really, I have one where I don't really know if it's conducive to conversation. It's kind of like the Ask Science one where it's like, yes or no, is this thing correct? But uh, uh, if you want to do mine first, it might be kind of quick. Sure. So speaking of doctors, here's my column. It's Ask the Doctors by Eve Glazier and Elizabeth Coe. And it's from February 18th, 2022, which is important to remember. It's very time sensitive. And this is one of real simple, just asking doctors about new things you hear in the media or, you know, you hear about a study that says this cures this or that like black beans will make you this. And uh, it's a lot of them kind of fielding those questions and giving readers the context for it. So here's a real simple one. Dear doctors, please help us to explain to our kids that using marijuana doesn't keep you from getting COVID-19. We're particularly focused on our two older sons, who are quoting a study that says it supposedly does, and who are in college in a state that just legalized recreational cannabis. I disagree with the concept of this question. I think it probably absolutely does help you avoid it. I mean, probably, yeah, right? Yeah. Hot air probably cleanses the uh, the bronchioles, the uh, aerials. That makes sense. That's science. Staying indoors and watching Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Not going to be able to get outside and... And uh, catch a case of COVID. Well, unless you're doing that puff puff pass with the people in your crew. Or you do the thing, uh, what is it called? Or is it shotgunning where like you take a hit and then you blow the smoke into someone else's mouth? Blowback. Blowback. No, that's a podcast. <laughs> you're right. No words ever been used in two different contexts. I thought that was called shotgunning, right? Where, where I grew up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Gilbert and Lexington had two pretty distinct cultures, so I don't know. Gilbert, baby. <laughs> Uh, did you ever do that with anybody? I feel like you'd be the kind of person who kind of finds that gross, like, health-wise. 
Uh, I don't think I would find it gross health-wise. I just think in high school I would have been too uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. From, like, both a sexual and... I guess you're right. Like, I would have... I generally, like, didn't like hugging people and stuff. Like, when that phase Mm. started where you were supposed to, like, friendly hug a girl, I remember always being, like, I don't know. You don't remember that in sixth grade when that phase started? Where, like, hugging girls is, like, a fun activity? where you were supposed to, like, hug your friends. If they were a girl, as a way to like touch them. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> Izzy remembers it. She's sitting here. She remembers it. I, it was high school. Like it was high school. For Izzy, it was in high school. But I that's not well, yeah. For Izzy, it was what like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely the first way people started flirting from my memory was like in sixth and seventh grade was like oh we're such good friends let's hug it's like, how uh, it? i could see that yeah yeah no sharing a cigarette is oddly intimate it kind of is phil and i did that once because phil didn't want to use two cigarettes and you and phil have had sex how many times can't can't count it exactly depends on how you define it um no i told you that story too right it was when we were in that like uh we were in that gritty pool bar that lets you smoke indoors in south carolina and i asked for my own cigarette and uh phil was smoking at the time and he didn't want to give me a whole one so he was like no we can just split this one (laughs) which is probably the right idea i don't think i ever needed a whole cigarette to myself to be honest i never got that let's fall back to giving advice on this column um oh smoking marijuana though to prevent covid19 what are they referencing was there like some sort of goofy study that claimed that this was true at some point or so it was in my to-do list to read the study and like actually look at the science but i did not get to it but do you not remember in quarantine like when this happened no but i'm gonna go ahead and summarize the the study um i haven't read the abstract but here's what i imagine it says um something along the lines of like hey smoke dank kush don't get covid conclusions hell yeah brother I mean, the article's pretty simple. Just how do you tell your kids that they're wrong about uh, reading the science and trusting the science? You know what I like about this is so often in the modern day, we hear about like QAnon parents or parents who get duped by like dubious medical advice on Facebook and the kids are trying to explain to them why they're wrong. I like that this is a moment where the parents are kind of having to explain how you can't believe everything you read online to their kids. My story in that realm the other way around, so I guess the more classic take on it is when I mentioned something about a tattoo to my dad, and he sent me an article about how somebody had gotten cancer from a tattoo. And in, oh my god. In the headline of the article, cancer was written in scare quotes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dad, that's written in scare quotes. That means they didn't really get cancer. You have to click on it and read it. And then it was like, oh... Like, a doctor misdiagnosed, like, ink blots in somebody's skin as a tumor. That's what the article was about. <laughs> have you have you seen that viral tweet about everywhere, everything, all at once, and turning red about how it's creating this new fantasy genre of movies where parents apologize to their kids? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like one of those situations where I was trying to probe it whether or not your dad admitted that he was wrong. Oh, no, he never does. Yeah, yeah. People do like doing that for some reason. Please help us explain to our kids that I imagine the answer is actually going to have them doing a breakdown of what's wrong with the study. I don't know. It seems so blatantly like, why did you raise morons? Should we get to that? Like, 
Oh, I mean, how is this not them just being snarky about being like, hey, mom and dad, the research, if you believe the science, it says we're allowed to toke up, brother. <laughs> You're right. Never mind. I was completely wrong. These are definitely kids just trolling their parents. Which also, what state are they in if it just legalized cannabis in February of this year? Uh, when did that happen? When was New the last? York, like- because remember when uh, Cuomo got in trouble for raping people, so he legalized cannabis in a last ditch, in a last ditch effort to win youth support. I think that's my answer. Is you can explain to them that they're wrong. They probably already know it, and they're going to smoke marijuana anyways. Yeah. If they're using marijuana as a substitute for you know getting vaccinated and stuff, then maybe have a talk with them. But to me, it sounds like they're just being cheeky, and they just want to tell you that they're smoking weed in the legal. Oh yeah, brother, you're right. I think they are having a cheeky nandos. <laughs> what? They're having a cheeky nandos. Yes, sir. I know what that means. <laughs> All right. You want to read this answer? Yeah, let's hear it. Dear reader, the study your sons are referring to comes from researchers at Oregon State University's Linus Pauling Institute. According to their findings, which were recently published in the Journal of Nature Products, two compounds found in the cannabis <laughs> They were really were... trying to get away with trying to sound like they're nature, but yeah, <laughs> they just right? added words around it. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me. Okay, so there was one time where there was this visiting scholar from Canada, and he did stuff with like pesticides and bees. And so he was presenting in our common room of our research facility. So I went in to go like hear what he had to say or whatever. He was talking about how he did the study, and it was with uh, not African bees, but Africanized bees. And he kept saying it like, these aren't African bees, these are Africanized bees. And someone asked him to clarify that because they misheard him. And he said it in this exact same way. And I was like, is this like a catchphrase that you're trying to like start off? Like, what? That's, <laughs> what are you doing? And then the other one was like, he was like, yeah, we published, we published this paper in Scientific Reports, which is, which is an offshoot of nature. And I was like, its impact factor is so much lower than nature. Like, what a disingenuous way to try and make yourself seem more important to, like, a community of people who know that that's what the, like, situation is. Like, come on, dude. Anyways. Adrian, have you ever thought about getting your work published in a in a, in a porno magazine called Mature, but then just pronouncing it Mature? <laughs> Mature. <laughs> and then if you say it quickly, like, oh, yeah, I have my work published in Mature. Well, it would help if I also had a science paper, so where would I want to publish that? Wait, is science another journal? Yeah, science and nature are the two big ones. Oh, okay. Science, uh... You're publishing a journal about people who study sighing and human behavior. <laughs> science. Sigh <laughs> <Psy> ants. <laughs> people who, who study exasperated re- ants. Science. That's actually funny, because that's what Nicole's undergrad work was in, was, at, like, respiration and ants. <laughs> yeah. She published in science. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um all right, all right sorry, for this answer. sorry for interrupting i interrupted with my own story about which i never get to tell because in what other context would you tell that story unless you're with academic people and then you're just like oh that's adrian the guy who shits on other academics um two compounds found in cannabis were effective at protecting cells from sars cov2 oh, i guess i forgot that's the other way this study would have gone is that it's just petri dishes of cells the virus that causes covid19 the study has generated an enormous amount of press, and small wonder. Imagine if it were indeed true that marijuana, which is also known as cannabis, was the answer to preventing COVID-19. That would be like the end of that movie with uh, Wiz Khalifa. Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa. Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa, what is it, where... Uh, w- they go to high school? Yeah, Dev and... Dev and who go to high school? Dev and... Mac and Dennis? Mac and Dennis go to high school. And yeah. the ending of it is that marijuana is the way to produce infinite energy. Mm-hmm. Sorry for interrupting, but it would be fun. That's a fun world. It would be good. It would be good. 
To understand why, let's start with cannabis. It's a genus of flowering plants that contains hundreds of chemical pump compounds, including cannabinoids. One of the cannabinoid compounds is a psychoactive substance called tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC. When people talk about marijuana, they're referring to cannabis that contains THC and gives users the high they experience when they smoke or ingest the substance. However, when it comes to this new research, THC is not the cannabinoid that is being discussed. Instead, the study focuses on two other compounds, uh, cannabigerolic acid and cannabidolic acid, which are shortened to CBGA and CBDA, respectively. They are abundant in hemp varietals of cannabis that do not have psychoactive properties. And while CBGA and CBDA are present in strains of cannabis referred to as marijuana, it's only in very small amounts. This reminds me, uh, sorry to interrupt once again, but it, it, this reminds me of the XKCD comic where it's like, remember when you read an article about such and such killing something in a lab environment and then it like shows a guy shooting a gun at a petri dish like yeah, a handgun yeah, yeah. does the same thing a handgun kills uh, cancer cells in a petri dish in search of a compound that can attack the coronavirus at the molecular level the researchers have identified cbda and cbga these cannabinoids can't bind okay so the two compounds work by um, attaching to the spike protein which uh, is also targeted by vaccines and antibody therapy um, when they bind in the right way, it disrupts the crucial pathway in which the virus uses to infect cells. Um, and in con certain concentrations, it can help uh, stop coronavirus from infecting actual cells in a Petri dish. Uh, while the findings are both fascinating and potentially promising, the important words here are lab test. That means the results have thus far been observed only in cultures growing in a petri dish in a laboratory. The road from a lab-based observation to a successful drug is long and arduous. This includes developing a targeted delivery system, animal experiments, and the complex process of human clinical trials. While CBGA and CBDA may, some may someday play a role in preventing COVID-19, we are years away from a definitive answer. Cool. Yeah, all right. That worked better than I thought it would. All right. Do you have any final... I thought it was... I really liked the uh, professional and scientific an angle to answering that question. Yeah, sounds like they know their shit. All right, cool. Are you ready for my call? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm bringing in Caroline Hacks, somebody we've often had on the show. Hey. All right. Dear Caroline. Caroline. I love my fiancé and until recently thought we had a wonderful partnership. We've lived together for eight years, and he makes more money and works longer hours, so I do almost all the housework. He's not only kind and thoughtful, but always seemed appreciative of the work I do around the house. Recently, I was hospitalized for two weeks. When I came home, I found he had never walked our dog, just let the poor thing out into the tiny yard, and didn't clean up. The house was an absolute wreck. He didn't cook or clean anything, left pizza boxes stacked on the counter, and dirty laundry piled on the laundry room floor. I was still recovering, and that was kind of a nightmare to come home to. I asked him why he didn't do anything, and he said he's no good at that stuff, and knew I'd want to do it the right way when I got back. We moved in together right out of college, so he's never taken care of a place by himself. I asked him if he wanted to learn, but he said he doesn't see a real problem with the shape the house was in. Would you consider this a big enough issue to delay our summer wedding? I mean, do you want to be a mom or do you want to be a wife? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like this is like an all too common project or well uh, issue with women dating certain types of men and then making it a project to raise an entire man into a man. <laughs> yeah, no, this this guy is absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine being in the hospital for two weeks? And like he gets, I imagine he didn't visit her. I, she didn't explicitly say so, but I imagine mm. he didn't. Like he just called her once and he was like, hey, um, I, I got home and there wasn't like uh, my favorite pasta with red sauce. You know, I love that pasta without red sauce. What's going on? She was mm. like, I got hit by a car. I'm in the hospital. So like another hour or <laughs> <laughs> something like that, right? <laughs> that, that was the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, can, I, I can't say I really understand why she's mad that nothing was cooked in the house. Like, if he just ate pizza the whole time when she was gone, I'm not super mad about that one. Yeah, especially if he works long hours. Like, I get, like, not having a ton yeah. of time, but creating a mess isn't an intrinsic thing that happens. That's no, something where yeah, you're for choosing sure. not to clean as you go. Especially a person living alone. It's actually not that hard to keep a place clean it's when easy. it's one person. Yeah. So that's a choice to just kind of leave it all for you because he's a man child. There was one time where um, it's kind of one of those games where you're like playing it. We were really playing with fire, but I was uh, working at Trader Joe's and my manager was going through my line with his order of like stuff that he was getting. And I decided to make a joke about it because the whole premise was that his wife was going away for a week. And so he's just buying food for him to make. And I was like, this looks like the cart of food that like a middle schooler would buy if they found out that their parents were going to be around for a week. It was all just like frozen pizza, like wait, frozen wait, wait, bullshit. Wait, wait, wait. Those Swedish swimmers are good. I could eat like a thousand <laughs> calories of those a day. Uh, and I definitely roasted him about wait, it while I was going through my line. Swimmers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, pro tip to the audience as we got on TJ's. They have these, uh, they have these, like, what are they? Is he the peanut butter cover? Uh, oh, the pretzel peanut butter, uh, peanut butter covered they have, pretzels with chocolate inside? They have peanut butter covered pretzels with a chocolate coating that they just started selling that are, mm. like, a bag full of Reese's Cups. They are I mean, one that of the amazing, delicious yeah. snacks I've ever had. Like, I mean, you had me sold at peanut butter pretzels, dude. I love peanut butter pretzels. Yeah, and, and like a thin layer of chocolate, and it's just like the right mm. balance of sweet, savory, salty. It's an incredible snack. Let me ask you a question. Um, dark chocolate, milk chocolate? I'm a dark chocolate man. But are they d dark chocolate or milk chocolate? They're definitely not milk chocolate, but I wouldn't call them like a bitter chocolate. They're definitely not okay. like an eighty percent or anything like that. Mm. I would like that better, but I get if they're making one, they might make it in different varieties at a certain point. But but definitely, like pick some up next time you're there, man. Mm. It's out of this freaking world. You know what's that also out of this freaking world? This guy's attitude. What's he up to? Hey, come on over. His wife is in the hospital. He doesn't clean. He doesn't cook. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard to clean after one person. It's not that hard to do one person's worth of uh, laundry. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's just real big. Uh, if you want to have a real traditional type of marriage and situation, go ahead, dog, but I wouldn't advise it. The difficult thing about this, and I'm definitely not like a breakup over the smallest thing type person, but the difficult thing about this is... Well, this is a syndrome. It's a whole it's a whole collection of things. What I get at with something like this is if you bring your concerns to him that you don't want to spend the rest of your life taking care of a, of a man-toddler, does he just apologize in a generic way and not really internalize that advice? Thinking mm. like, oh, I don't really have to change. She's not going to be in the hospital that often. Or does he 
actually take it to heart and become the type of person who wouldn't do something like this. I I wouldn't want to say you should break up with your fiance over something like this, mm. but I also wouldn't want to say that like his reaction is informative. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get married to somebody who you think is going to be this unreliable. So it's a pretty mm. difficult situation. It's a good. She caught it at a good time. It's a good thing she didn't get sick. Like you know, after they had two kids or something like that. Where mm-hmm. comes, she comes back like and that. the kids are just like naked and covered in mud. Yeah, they're also just like the dog that got let out for like 10 minutes a day and then came back in. (laughs) It's been like uh, Lord of the Flies. They formed their own society. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They try and steal slices of pizza from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've created their own religion at the household. (laughs) They have their own language. (laughs) They worship the pizza man as a deity. He brings the food food. The dad is, like, one of those people who, like, has the urban legend where he's like, I think there's someone living in my cupboards, because every day I wake up and there's just stuff missing. (laughs) It's like he forgets he has kids. (laughs) He's tied up when she comes back home because they've finally formed an army strong enough to take him on. (laughs) They run the house. alone their own dad. (laughs) Yeah, that probably happened. That would happen if, if, you know. Well, I think it's inevitable. But luckily she caught it early, which is what I was saying, is that she's so just So what's your a, advice? You think she really just has to bring it up to him and see if his uh, reaction is mature enough and he actually gets it? Or do you think she can believe a mature reaction? Or do you think it could be flippant that, of him? So that that's what we're saying, right? Is that the question is, should, is this enough to postpone my marriage? And if you need more than time to the summer, I would say, yeah, it might be worth doing it. Maybe explicitly stating why you're doing it. to postpone your marriage. Oh no! I would say explicitly why you're doing it, so that like you know, she he he knows that like that's the sticking point for. But exactly. Uh, do you think he's gonna do like a Cartman from South Park, where he just like starts wearing sweaters and he's like, "I'm good now," and it's like, we're, being good doesn't mean just wearing sweaters and nice clothes. <laughs> well, that's what I'm getting at. Is it something where he internalizes that this is a problem for her and doesn't really change, but fakes it? Which I guess I mean, is I th- ultimately I think a problem of belief and trust. You probably but we're also skipping like a really easy solution, which is it sounds like they're making pretty good money together. Like they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. Hire an, an immigrant who's afraid of being deported to clean and cook for you guys instead. And then you guys can just do that and not both have to not worry about Wait, it. Wait, is it your mom available? She She's just looking for houses if he has one. <laughs> cool. So I don't know how middle class, upper middle class these people are, but you could always just exploit immigrant labor. Which is honestly one of the best suggestions I have for white people. Mm-hmm. Find a Latina woman who you know her immigration status and you know whether or not you can tell the IRS that she needs to be deported. <laughs> and then... Yeah, as guys, we usually end up uh, dating very competent people. Like, uh... So I know, like, specifically, like, the person in high school who I dated was from a family where their parents were divorced. And so, like... She did... She basically took on, like, a secondary, like, a housekeeping role where she, like took care of her brothers she knew how to cook meals to like feed the family and she like knew how to like take care of the house so like yeah it's one of those things right it's a very particular thing about if you want to be a, a straight woman and date um very uh i don't know tra- traditionally raised men uh it's gonna be a thing you're gonna encounter a lot yeah it's good it's changed because even in that context oh my god this is gonna make me sound soy as hell but uh, even in that context, like, it seems miserable to be that incompetent because you were just raised to not be able to do anything for yourself. It's incredibly infantilizing. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't really like it. It makes me, it, I feel like if I lived in that world where somebody took care of me as an adult in that sort of way, I would feel 
Yeah, like a big baby. All right, do you want to hear the answer? Not really from Caroline Hacks, to be honest, but you should read it. She's going to be like, you should risk. Wait, no, she was the progressive one who yelled at somebody for being anti-gay. I was going to say she she was going to say you should respect your man, but that's not her at all. She was like, you got to be a ride or die bitch. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. She was going to do a Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> who is temporally conservative, not <laughs> racially conservative. All right. Uh, Yes. Yes, I would consider it a big enough issue that you're looking at 100% housework for the rest of your life with this man, and worse, his utter comfort with your exerting yourself on your mutual behalf while he does nothing, believing, can you hear my print voice rising as I type? It's a favor to you that he does? Right out of your thick bed? And the poor dog- Oh, you know what? Okay, so in terms of us guessing what this is going to be, I guess we forgot that this is a white woman and this is a very, like, second-wave feminist question, <laughs> so- That's true. And also, right before you interrupted me, I mentioned and the poor dog. We really did not stick on how crazy that point was, that he was basically abusing the dog. I mean, it was getting outdoor time. It was basically just like a cage-free chicken. Just like, hey, get out there. Um- <laughs> I mean, whatever. We've we have a lot of critique of pet owners, but this is exactly the type of pet owner that raises a yeah. shitty animal that yeah, yeah. that comes out to ruin me and your good time at the patio of a nice bar we just want to chill at. Exactly. Also, I got explicit permission from Phil to put his dog on blast because he was expecting it when I was talking about <laughs> dogs biting people of color. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent the scenario of well, we can bring Doug out and he'll probably be chill. And then at one point he gets direct uh, eye line with me and comes and bites me on the thigh. And the only reason it didn't get flesh was because uh, it got the side of my pants instead of my, my leg. And the poor dog suffering such neglect. Is it one of those dogs that likes the poop scooped in a certain way that your fiance just isn't good at? I was actually leaning sympathetic. What to does the, that mean? <laughs> I, I really have no idea. What is she saying? Is it one you know when a dog likes to have his poopy <laughs> scooped in a certain way? <laughs> is it one of those dogs that likes the poop scooped in a certain way that your fiance just isn't good at? You know how they like it when you have to do like the Pac-Man walk a walk behind them and just scoop it up with your mouth? I was actually leaning sympathetic to the guy at the start, expecting him to have been under duress with you in the hospital and with maybe too much going on at work. Mm. And certainly that will stress a partner out significantly. It's hard to do housework when you're wearing a groove between your office and loved one's hospital room. But he's no good at that stuff, and you I'd want to do it the right way when I get back? A person actually said that to a loved one who's been sick? And who on earth thinks there's a right way uh, to pick up dog poop? Paul, we're, we're, there's another one where I'm like interrupting you a lot during yours, so we're doing this really back and forth. I forgot how much that particular point really heated me because I get that from people, from roommates before, where it's like, well, you know, you don't like the way I put the dishes up or whatever. And it's like, well, just do it the way that makes sense. Wait, are you fucking with me right now? No, that's the reason I had to reorganize the kitchen whenever I first got here was because Tin and Nalina just put shit like in ways that made no sense at all. No, no, I all. thought you were making fun of me because I've complained about that to you. No, no, yeah, that's okay, a 100% so, a thing. Well, a real story for me uh, that's very similar is that I once was trying to tell my roommate that just, like, put, like, w like dishes can just go into the dishwasher when it's not full. Like, I don't mind cleaning up more often, but, like, mm -hmm. just put dishes in the dishwasher. That seems really easy, especially when it's not full. Like, why would you not do that instead of leaving them out on the table? And his point was... Well, you always put things in the dishwasher weird, and I don't 
I don't like how you do it, so I don't want to have to put stuff into the dishwasher. And I was literally almost incensed to a point of, like, I still bring it up. I can't deal with, like, how upsetting I found that remark. Yeah, that's absurd. Who do you think she's going to quote next? Because I'm not going to lie to you, I feel like there's no way in hell you could guess who she's going to quote. Malcolm X. Honestly, oddly close. Holy shit. <laughs> Definitely. Let's get it. Choose one. The Maya Angelou quote? When someone <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Caroline Hacks. Like, I don't think you get to quote Maya Angelou. I don't know if you're on that level. <laughs> <laughs> when someone shows when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, or a straight up, oh hell no. You know what? I don't know if Maya Angelou was talking about bad boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not a good place to use that. Context quote. might be missing from that one. <laughs> I hope you mend soon, so you can walk away unassisted. Alright. Not a lot of practical advice there. She she really agreed with us, but somehow in a way that but I she, didn't But she even missed, like, the main thing of, like, did she say at one point, like, talk to him and after you postpone the wedding and yada yada yada, or was it... No, it was just probably just leave angry him. rambling. Yeah, it was oh, definitely yeah. a straight-up leave him, whereas we were maybe a little bit more forgiving, but to be fair... We are men, so we are trying to protect our class interests here as men. Yeah, we're trying to... our chauvinist tendencies. Rewind it. I don't even remember what I said. I've had a couple We drinks. didn't even... yeah, we didn't even ask if he was good in bed or anything like that. Alright, third seggy? Yep. Alright, Paul. This was a third segment that we devised together. That I think is a pretty interesting one. Uh, this is bringing more of our, um, as one review of our podcast says, strangely political uh, things that we do. So I think one of the things that I could talk anyone's ear off about uh, in a political context is how broken our healthcare system is. So when it comes to medical dramas, I think one of the things we all know is the price of being uninsured in America. So what I have for you is a game where we have procedures of the medical variety. I have about the upper end of what they can cost you if you're uninsured. Um, then I'm going to give you three items, uh, some kind of luxury, interesting items that cost around the same amount. And you're going to have to give me the one that costs the closest to the price quoted from some articles that I looked up. Uh, does that make sense to you? It does. It does. Healthcare, price is right. But instead of giving you the dollar value, I'm just giving you another product. Yep. And um, if you want to do a number generator, 1 through 10, we can do this in a randomized way. And so it, it's kind of interesting because I feel like the point that I was trying to do is that it was going to be like a very like grounded, you know, this medical procedure costs the same amount as like the down payment for a car that's within like the last 10 years that could like, you know, get you by for what you need to do. And it ended up being more because I was trying to find these high priced items like here's the world's most expensive Lego and that's how much that costs. So it's uh, it still, I think, makes the point that you can, for this medical procedure, buy the world's most expensive chicken nugget if you wanted to. So, other things you could do with your money if you didn't want to be uninsured in America. All right, so number seven first. All right. <clears throat> Paul, this is the price of getting an x-ray if you are uninsured. Is it closest to the average cost... What? I was going to say, maybe first I'm going to try to guess the price. I think, oh, and okay. then I'll hear the, I think an x-ray if you're uninsured. I don't want to overguess, but, because I know to get tested for the flu, it costs me $100. 
So an x-ray seems at least 10 times as much as, I'm going to say like probably like 1,200, maybe something like, like, if it costs 100 to get tested for the flu, right? That seems about right, but let's see. All right. Is it the same or similar to the average cost of car insurance in California per year? A carbon fiber telescope or a Yura coffee maker, which automatically makes 13 specialty drinks with a milk steamer, a frother, and a grinder that grinds the perfect amount of beans for each specific drink that you want. Ooh, I think you're a coffee maker because I could see that being around 700 and I think I might have overguessed. So I, I could see both of these being around $700. All right, Polly boy, do you want to guess how well you're going to do with this quiz? No, I have no clue. I'm so lost. All right, let's go through this. The average cost of car insurance in California per year is $1,700. Okay. The average price of a carbon fiber telescope is $2,500. The average price for the Eura coffee maker that I described is $3,700. An x-ray is $3,000 closest to the carbon fiber telescope. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Holy shit, man. We need to fix this shit. <laughs> You could get the carbon fiber telescope with $500 left over. <laughs> All right. This is one that's uh, near and dear to my heart. This is the monthly price of insulin if you do not have insurance. This is both long-acting and short-acting insulin. So is it closest to the median monthly rent in the United States, a kente cloth suit made by the Akan people of the Ashanti kingdom, or... The Golden Giant Burger at the Tokyo Hotel, which comes with 2.2 pounds of beef, Wagyu beef slices, foie gras, black truffle, and a gold dust bun. I think it's closest to the medium price of rent. I want to say it's about uninsured. It's about 600 to 700 a month. All right, Polly boy. The median monthly rent in the U.S. is $1,100. The price of the kente cloth suit made by the Ashanti people, $2,000. The Golden Giant Burger at the Tokyo Hotel... It's an expensive meal at $1,000. The price of insulin per month for a person uninsured is going to run you about $2,000. Closest to the kente cloth. So are you planning to die if you ever don't have insurance? Like, what's the solution? I have looked into it. There is mutual aid for diabetics where people okay. save up items that they haven't used and send it to you. And then there's also uh, ways to get it directly from the distributor with like a uninsured like price tag. And then there's also Walmart knockoff insulin, which notably does not work as well, but you can get for cheaper prices. Maybe I should. But it is a scary amount of money that you have to pay for insulin if you are uninsured in this country. It is an existential threat. <laughs> I will say that. Maybe I shouldn't say it on pod, but we could find a doctor who would misdiagnose me with with diabetes so that I could buy the insulin with my insurance and give it to you, right? I would I would pay you double price for the for that. Adrian, I'm not trying to make a profit on this, buddy. I mean, you know me, always a capitalist at heart, but like <laughs> I think a, I think in this case cap. I might want to save your life. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think like I said, I think the point of this game still comes across pretty well. <laughs> I'm legitimately upset. Um are you upset because you've gotten two wrong so far? Yeah, mostly. Alright. Number 10. All right. This is a consultation with a general physician if you are uninsured. Is it? Oh, this is one of the few Wait, ones that I actually... this is one where I know my insurance, before I hit my copay, pays 70, 80%? 75, 85? I don't know. Something like that. 
And mm-hmm. I know I pay usually like $45. So if I was good at math, <laughs> this would you be, could get this, this X equals like, $45 percentage of 75% of a total. Yeah, this would be easy to reverse engineer. This is one of the few themed ones that I have. I'm going to say have $500 around that range is my guess. One kilogram of the world's most expensive rice, a 20-course omakase meal at Chef Jiro Ono's restaurant in Japan, the average cost of household groceries for a U.S. person. One kilogram of the world's most expensive rice. I'm going with that. One kilogram of the world's most expensive rice will run you $109. Oh, a that's 20... too low. Shit. A 20-course omakase meal at Chef Jiro Ono's restaurant will cost you $300. And the average cost of you ha- of groceries for a month for a U.S. person is $220, $20 over the 200 price tag for consultation with a general physician. Damn it. All right. This is the price for a cancer treatment, a bone marrow transplant. Oh, my God. This is um, going to be ridiculously expensive. I'm literally thinking if the other things were like $2,000 for insulin, this has got to be like $8,000. Is it the same price as a Fazioli 24K gold leaf plated luxury piano, the ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz, or Audrey Hepburn's personal 1961 script of Breakfast at Tiffany's with her personal annotations? The final one. Oh, also, if you want to add a component to the... Oh, go ahead. If you want to add a component to the game, you can... For once per uh, round, if you want to ask how much something costs, to just to get like a, a an anchor. Okay, uh, I want to know how much the breakfast at Tiffany's script costs. Eight hundred forty-seven thousand dollars was sold to the collector. Oh my god! What? Um. Oh my god. But everything in there sounded so expensive. So my guess of eight thousand is so wrong. It must be close to a hundred thousand dollars for a bone marrow transplant. Um. Let's go with the uh, red slippers, then. Let's go extra expensive. I think that might be the most expensive thing on the list, and I... Let's go with that one. Okay, so as I said, Audrey Hepburn's uh, script sold for 847000 Uh The Fazoli Piano sells for 545000 and the Ruby Slippers sell for a really demonic $666,000. A bone marrow transplant without insurance will run you about $900,000. Um, so it's the script from Audrey Hepburn. Damn it. I'm really bad at this game. It is right near a million dollars. Wait, so the, the script from Breakfast at Tiffany's is more expensive than the literal slippers? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's sold at auction, so it's whatever the highest bidder's willing to pay. I but... just don't believe hey, that that's isn't that a how more... insurance works? <laughs> I don't believe that that's a more desirable item. I'm not going to lie to you. I would way rather own the slippers than the Okay, script. Paul, just because you want to sniff the slips, I, I don't think that makes them more expensive. <laughs> They're way more iconic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? Paul, as we said before, you're a big jock guy. So this might be important for your career. This is a knee replacement. Knee replacement surgery. Okay. Is it closest to the world's most expensive Lego, a 14-karat gold Lego given yes, to long-time one, employees? Yes, you mentioned it at the beginning, so you've put a lot of thought into that Lego. From 1979 to 1981, this was given to long-time employees as like a little like extra thing. Uh, the Swim Spa Luxima 8000, which is a double-decker jacuzzi with a built-in bar, TV, and speakers. Or the most expensive food slash caviar ever sold... 
Almas Iranian beluga, which is harvested from albino sturgeon 60 to 100 years old. The Lego. Do you want that one so- price on this, or? That sounds like the most expensive. No, I don't need a price. That sounds like the most expensive at probably, like, $1.8 million, and that's what my <laughs> guess is. Okay, that's, that's, you might have wanted to feel the range a little bit more. It's 14450 for the Lego. Oh, damn. Um, and the script is 900000 I would way yeah. rather have the Lego than the script. These people are out of control. The double-decker jacuzzi is 58000 uh, and the most expensive food slash caviar, the beluga caviar, is thirty four thousand five hundred, a mere five hundred dollars away from the thirty five thousand dollar price tag of the knee replacement. I'm not gonna lie to you, Adrian. Um, my guess is that I'm gonna get all of them right for this quiz. I think I'm doing really well. <laughs> You're doing really <laughs> I'm well. Gonna kill it. Next up, we got number four. Oh, have we done any of the uh, assessments right now of would you rather have the knee replacement or the most expensive caviar? That one seems pretty obvious to me. (laughs) I think I would rather have the most expensive caviar. That must be really good (laughs) caviar. (laughs) That must be really tasty caviar. And then would you rather have the Audrey Hepburn script or the bone marrow transplant to save you from leukemia? (laughs) Okay, that one I'm not going to lie to you. Shit on the Audrey Hepburn script, but I do really want to die. So I think I would rather have the leukemia. (laughs) I want to read what her personal annotations were. Um, what, what do you think she highlighted? Probably all the things the Asian dude with the buck teeth and the rice hat said. She was like, "This is, is that is that in Breakfast at Tiffany's?" Yeah, that's a, that's the character in Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's the guy who lives above her is a really racist Asian stereotype character. She is. And would you rather have the carbon fiber telescope or the X ray? Oh, actually, that one that one is the first one I'm being authentic. I really would rather have the carbon fiber telescope. I, I feel like so, whatever bone I broke can heal on its own if I just don't move it. Little fun fact. Um, all of this was for me looking at different articles. This is the one spot I needed to fill. And I was like, $3,000. And I asked Tin. I was like, Tin, what's like a luxury item that costs like $3,000? He was like, oh, carbon carbon fiber telescope. And I was like, okay, yeah, I would get it for Tin. I'd get, I'd get that for him. Um, and then the Kente cloth suit or the insulin for a month. You know what? Drip lasts forever. Drip lasts forever. <laughs> no, no, but you know I hate, you know I hate cultural appropriation. Mm. So I would, I, even if they paid me, I wouldn't take that suit. The average cost of groceries for a U.S. person or going to a doctor once, which would you rather do? Uh, I think I would rather get some sweet ass snacks, get some uh, Scandinavian swimmers. Swimmers, okay. All right. Well, let's keep moving on to this quiz. Paul, what you got? Number four. Number four. All right. I think this is one that is pretty common for people to know. So let's see how you do. A ride in an ambulance for an uninsured American. Oh, I think that's like a thousand or something like that. Would you rather have the Bio Bidet Bliss BB2000 Elongated White Smart Toilet Seat Premier Class yes, Unlimited Warm Water Vortex Wash Bidet Seat with Remote Control? Yes. Or a pair of the Balenciaga Race Runner sneakers worn by a Carolina Gamecock um, NCAA female basketball winner. Hell yes, I'd Um, rather have that. Or the Winston Cocktail at Club 23, which contains the most expensive Crozier's 1858 Cuvée Lyon Cognac. I would also rather have that. Can I ask you a question? Is Club 23 the Disney Club? Is that the secret club? Club 23 is a club in Australia. Uh, What's the club at Disney called then? At Disney the Twenty Seven Club. The Twenty Seven Club. Um, no, that's the that's the club for people who die at twenty seven from drug overdoses. I don't but I, I've been shopping for bidets recently. The one I'm gonna get is like hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, well, this one's 
similar. It's only going to cost you about seven hundred dollars. Um, you can also that get the you can also get the Balenciaga race sneakers for six hundred ninety five, or you can get the Winston cocktail, which contains the world's most expensive uh, cognac. For twelve thousand five hundred, which, which is the seems closest, like the closest. Damn it! I should have used my guess. To the ambulance ride, which will cost you about one thousand two hundred. And would you rather have the cocktail or ride an ambulance? Because you could just call the Uber for thirty dollars. No, because the only time I've ever heard of somebody riding an ambulance, it seems like somebody could have definitely just driven them. I've never really heard of a necessary ambulance ride. I think my favorite story is my friend who drunkenly walked into her dorm. And her RA was a real nerd, and seeing her drunk insisted that she must have alcohol poisoning and called an ambulance that she had to pay for, despite the mm. fact that she clearly knew she could drink it off, or, like, sleep it off. Dude, fuck off, dude. Are you kidding me? How much was her ride? About as much as you said. She had to get a second job to pay it off. That's insane. That's so sad, dude. Oh my god, dude. That's that's multiple layers of, like, people being annoying as Americans. All right, number nine, last three. You have gotten zero, zero correct so far. <laughs> this might be the first game, but I don't want to jinx it. We'll see how you do on this. This is the price for a heart valve replacement surgery. So this ain't going to come cheap. All right. All right. If a knee surgery was how much? Like, uh, I can't even remember at this point. 35000 35000 A heart valve replacement has to be over a hundred k. Okay, let me hear him. All right. Is it the same price as a 2022 Bugatti Chiron for... Wait, never mind. You don't want the price. Um, you can ask for one if you want. Um, a 2021 Ferrari Roma or a 2021 Aston Martin Vantage? The Bugatti Chiron. The Bugatti Chiron. The Bugatti. <laughs> you boy, dirty dog. That boy Goody. <laughs> that boy Goody. I know you're after that boy Goody. Uh, sounds like the most expensive one, and this sounds like an expensive surgery. So how expensive is that? That one is $3.3 million. That sounds perfect. All right, Polly Boy. The 2022 Bugatti Chiron sells, like I said, for 3.3 mil. The 2021 Ferrari Roma sells for a price of 218000 And the 2021 Aston Martin, labeled one of the most affordable sports cars... Uh, is going to run you 146000 uh, leaving you about 15000 left if you were to get the heart value valve, the heart valve replacement for $170,000. So I was close on my guess for the heart valve, but I really uh, went overboard with that $3 million. <laughs> when yeah, I heard it, I, I don't really. I don't think there's anything that you can get medically that's going to cost you millions of dollars. Even they're not that like, Willing to be like that villainous. <laughs> uh, number five. Number five. All right. So this is uh, pretty simple. It's the cost of labor and delivery for having a child. Ooh, I want to say that's like fifteen to twenty thousand. That's my initial guess. All right. Is it the same as a piece of cake from the Duke and Duchess of Windsor's nineteen thirty seven wedding? Which I do have, like, a really intrinsic sense of how expensive that is. The median down payment Wait, for a house Wait, at the time or now, like, if somebody has stored that piece of cake in the freezer? I, I think someone bought it in, like, 2010. After it had been stored in a freezer, or? It's preserved, yeah, it's okay. preserved. 
Uh, the median down payment on a house in California, or the Silver Cross Balmoral Stroller, which has been nicknamed the Rolls Royce of Strollers. How much is that piece of cake? That cake sold for 29000 Mm, that's not an order of magnitude larger, so I'm going to go ahead and say that one. Well, no, that seems really high for a birth. There's no way they're charging 30000 The down payment for the house seems high. So let's say the Rolls Royce of Strollers. That's- All right. For the Silver Cross Balmoral uh, Stroller, that one's going to run you 40,000 pounds, which is about $52,000. The piece of cake from the Duke and Duchess's wedding is $29,000. And the median down payment on a house in California is $34,500, about $5,000 shy of the cost of labor labor and delivery for an uninsured person. Adrian, man, I'm not good at this game. You're not good at this game, Paul. It's a hard game to win, though. Number one. Number one. All right. And I would rather have the house in California than the uh, The down payment for a house. You, you know but I yeah. hate the baby. What he said was uncalled for. I'd rather have Ever since baby on baby. All right, we got two left. Paul, can you get one of these? Almost certainly not. The price of an appendectomy. Oh, the that's removal removing of an appendix. Appendix usually when it's inflamed. Uh, that seems like a five to six thousand dollar surgery. All right. So is it the same price as one night at the Royal Penthouse Suite at the Hotel President Wilson on Lake Geneva in Switzerland? A 12-bedroom, 12-bathroom suite with a jacuzzi and some other bullshit. Or is it the same price as the Clive Christian No. 1 Imperial Majesty Limited Edition Perfume from the year 2005? Or... Is it the same price as a Sennheiser HE1 Ultra High Impulse Fidelity headphone set? Um, the first one. The... Do you want a price on any of these, or do you want to... Nope. I'm convinced. Alright, Polly boy. The Sennheiser HE1 Ultra uh, High Fidelity headphones will cost you about $60,000. The Clive Christian Number 1 Imperial Majesty Limited Edition Perfume will cost you $205,000. One night at the Royal Penthouse Suite Hotel at the President Wilson on Lake Geneva in Switzerland will cost you $80,000. An appendectomy will cost you about $82,000. I got one? Paul's on the board, baby. Man, I don't even care about this last one. Whatever. And which would you rather have? One night at the appendectomy. I've heard those are really painful when your appendix bursts. Okay. I, I would I, I think so too. I don't I don't think I believe in paying that much for one night anywhere. Number three. Alright, last one. You have nothing left to prove, Paul. But let's see what you can do. This is the price for an uninsured visit to the ER. A pair of the world's most expensive commercially available jeans, the Escadas Couture Swarovski crystal jeans the drc romane conti grand cru 2009 vintage wine or the graf von faber castelli white gold perfect pencil with diamond and white gold the swaveroski jeans do you want do you want the price on those or do you want the uh no i think that's right okay so the price on those is gonna run you well let's do it the other way um the Graf von Faber Castell White Gold Perfect Pencil 
diamond and white gold is $10,000. The wine from 2009 is about $19,640. And the pair of the world's most expensive commercially available jeans is about $750 plus additions for extra jeans for crystals and stuff and extra gold. Um, the R ER visit, worst case scenario, is going to run you about $20,000, making it closest to the vintage wine. Can we talk about the fact that you can buy customizable jeans with, like, gold? And yeah, of course. I, I just, I thought that was, like, when you went through, like, the Apple, like, Mac setup and you were like, oh, I want extra RAM. I didn't know you could buy a pair of jeans where you were like, oh, yeah, I want the extra gold. Extra crystals on, like, the buttons, extra <laughs> crystals on, like, the, yeah, 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 man. Okay, cool. Hmm? Oh, the winner for that one was the uh, vintage wine from 2009. Yeah, I would rather have the cool crystal jeans. They're going to last way longer than the jeans, yeah. Like I said before, my, my broken bone will heal itself if I just don't move it. I mean, you can, you can pay for two pairs of those jeans using the money that you go to the ER with. All right, big fact, no cap. Before you say yes to an engagement, you should actually figure out if a guy is good, so... um Go to the hospital. Don't get engaged to a loser. You know what I mean? Plan a vacation and go away for a week and see what state the house is. Exactly. My no cap. Healthcare? Hey, maybe we should focus on self-care. Get yourself <laughs> a nice bubble bomb, little little bath bomb, and, uh, you know, some nice uh, self-care stuff, and you'll be all right. Hey, that's what you get when you go in Canada where they have socialized medicine. Do true, brother. It's been fun, right. Adrian. Bye, buddy. Bye. What about breakfast to Tiffany? She said, I think I remember.